podcast email. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, this guy, Josh. This guy, Josh. First name, last name. That's right. You know it. You know who it is. Y'all know who it be. <laughs> you know how it be. On M-Class Email, we sit down with your emails, we read them, we react to them, and uh, then we read a Rich Masters email. <laughs> That's the show. It's getting pretty formulaic around here. It is. <laughs> it's, it's getting pretty formulaic. <laughs> Our first email is from Lee, and it is entitled, Unprepared for Accidents. Like PP accidents? We'll find out. I hope so, because I need to know about this, you know, for reasons. For wiener science. Yeah, what do you do when your peener makes liquid peener water come out? <sighs> um, <laughs> hey, Trek boys to men. Oh, hell yeah. Philly, Philly, no, Motown, Motown Philly back Philly again. Motown Philly back again, yeah. <laughs> I am what you would call outdoorsy. Okay. That being said, I find the star that the Star Trek shuttles have next to no. I f- I'm guessing I find it weird that the Star Trek shuttles have no emergency supplies. Oh, they do. Uh, there must be a constant stream of survival events as spaceships explore and interact with different planetary bodies. But every time a ship goes down, they have next to no water, no jackets, no shelters. Basically, <laughs> af- other than an overblown iPhone and a couple of phaser pistols, they got nothing. In the early TOS shows, the away party donned cool fireproof jackets, silver painted utility harnesses left over from World War II, and yeah. always had a lot of stuff, like briefcases of supplies. In TNG, they end up walking for kilometers, since this is the future, right? with only a first aid kit, maybe, and phasers. And on top of this, they use phasers for everything. Need a fire? Blast a rock. Need water? <laughs> blast a rock. You get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on surviving a downed shuttlecraft? Could you make it on an M-Class planet? What would you do if you were stuck with Wesley indefinitely? Eat him. Yeah, I'd for yeah. sure eat him eventually. I think there are supplies. They kind of write... So, like, since it's a show, right? Like, it would be boring if they were like, well, we have, like, shelter and water. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. Even though, like, they would, right? Like, It doesn't make any sense that they don't. And I never it, really it thought doesn't. about this. It doesn't, but... I maybe you could chalk it up to like the they just think they can replicate it like maybe the replicator could survive and do it I, I don't I don't know I don't know so I'm I don't know if I would call myself outdoorsy I like to go hiking a lot but I yeah. wouldn't call myself a hiker Yeah well when I would go I would carry I just always carry a bag with like all that shit like yeah. poncho I like I carry matches a bag with, uh Umbrella, matches, yeah. uh, cantina water. Water, some snacky uh, foods. Snacky foods, like a jacket yeah. if I needed a, right, a lighter, right, hat. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, so we do that, but we also don't have a spaceship in the sky, like, monitoring our every move. That's <laughs> I true. guess that's their thought. I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm not, it's not, it doesn't make sense a lot that they don't have that stuff. It only makes sense in that it, it's a show and it needs to be dramatic. So they need to be thirsty and hungry, right? And yeah. tired. I will say that, like, Worf mentions this in Deep Space Nine, that uh, the Starfleet uniform is, like, temperature regulated. Yeah. And it's extremely durable. Right. So it's, like, made specifically for, like, survival situations as well. 
Yeah, it's like a future suit. Um, also, if I had a phaser, I would use it for fucking everything. Oh, fuck yeah. I'd, I'd like, I would just be like, <laughs> I would it. be shooting so many rocks to get what I need. You don't is this know. a Is this a load-bearing wall? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. And it would be like that uh, Danny DeVito meme from Always Sunny, and then I started blasting. That'd be my fucking report back to Starfleet every time. I always think it's funny, though, how they, like, heat, heat a rock up. It's like, that is not, I don't think, the most efficient way to get heat. How fast does a rock cool down? It I mean, it's cool. gotta be, it's gotta be fast, right? Like, rocks don't emanate a lot of heat. No. I Wood mean, burns because there's does. energy in it. Yeah, you're not burning the rock. The rock would need to be molten. You could make it molten if you just kept firing at it. But they never do. They only make it glow. Yeah, the <laughs> science only... behind the glowing rocks is nebulous, right? Doesn't doesn't make sense. Never. I always thought that because, like, I know, you know, like wood fire is wood fire, but like rock fire, <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> big, big fire come out of a rock. Um, I, the cage, the TOS episode, the cage has the, um, fireproof jackets and utility harnesses and stuff. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of like a misunderstanding about how far in the future this show was going to be. Right. So all that stuff made sense. Like you, you can't go down to a planet's surface in just your regular uniform. You'll freeze to death. Right. Like, you can't just carry your weapons and equipment with you. You gotta have a harness so it'll hang off of you. Like, cool, yeah. And when the show really sort of took off, they decided, like, minimalism was the way to go. Like, Right. It's a show choice. (coughs) Holy shit. Ow. Smoking those reds. Smoking that meth. Um, Oh, hell yeah. Now we got a show. So, it doesn't make any sense in-universe, but it makes sense to add drama to the show. Yeah. It's just... it's That's all it is. It's not... <coughs> oh again, I think, I think you could, like, hand-wave it away by saying, like, if anything happens to them, they just get beamed up, typically. But that doesn't all... I mean, obviously, there's, like, contingencies. And if it were real space travel, like, real space travel is, like, or, well, and any kind of, like going out into the wilderness of any kind, like, there's always, like, a backup, right? Like, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make... We're gonna make shelter out of this little shelter thing we have. Like, they're prepared for that. But in the show, like, that's, like, a different kind of show. <coughs> My god, dude, I'm <laughs> dying. <Jeff> dies. <laughs> I'm dying so bad. <laughs> Hopefully that answered your question. My god, I gotta read Riches. You need oh. to shoot a rock, get some water out of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I really do. Our next email is from Yakub. Yakub. And it is entitled, Rich gets shit for calling the TNG characters by their first name, but we all say Spock instead of Mr. Spock like he prefers. Why does he prefer that? Who's? When did he say he prefers that? He says it in every episode, right at the beginning. He says, call me Mr. <laughs> Spock. Spock was my father. <laughs> and then he looks at the camera. And then the body of the email literally just says, there I contributed. You're oh, wow. fidgeting in the passenger seat, Ensign Yakub aboard the USS. Can we stop here? I need to pee. Everyone's got to pee today. It's true. Everybody's got to pee every day, don't they? <laughs> oh, I mean, yes, my human wiener also pees every day. 
course, of course. I also am a human. Don't you like eating food? It's good. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry to everyone at home that has to hear me like this. What happened to you? What did you do? Did you breathe in dust? No, I've been like suppressing a cough the entire time we've been doing this podcast. Uh, do you today. need like a Halls? This episode brought to you by Halls. I wish. Do you need a uh, Recola? I need a Halls. Don't fucking <laughs> mention their direct competition. What do you do? Oh, sorry. Halls. I mean, Halls is better. Have you ever noticed that like commercials now have the name of their direct competition in them? Yeah. Like if you watch a Ford commercial, it's like... Chrysler, GM, doesn't like, do this. Chevy can't do what we do and shit. Right. Like, I didn't know you were allowed to do that shit. I guess you can. I, something tells me like they don't really like care. Because they're so fucking ridiculously wealthy at this point that they're I mean, just like Sega does what Nintendo don't, right? That was true, the nineties. That was a sick burn back then, man. It was too bad about Sega now. <laughs> too bad they're owned by Nintendo. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nintendo don't care about Sega. <laughs> Our next email is from Jeff, spelled wrong. Joff. Geoff. And it is entitled "Heard You Boys Like Emails." Yeah, fuck yeah. I love them. I bathe in them. I rub my ding-dong with them. <laughs> or, huh? huh? Whichever. Whichever. Pick, take, take, take the one you like. Hey, Attract Boys. Hi. Big fan of Tapon's Theater on Subspace. <laughs> they should get an exclusive show on CBS All Access. Big fan of Speaking of Segways. <laughs> speaking of Segways. <laughs> Now, how about that new Picard show? I was watching with my girlfriend's family, and her dad was ready to walk out of the room. He was so disappointed, and I don't blame him. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> here's an ongoing argument. Uh-huh. My GF's dad is also a longtime Trek fan, but for some reason he prefers Voyager to DS9. Yikes. Uh, I was I was on... I, I mean, I, I can understand his feelings about, like... I haven't seen. I want to say, like Jeff, I haven't seen Picard, so I don't know. I have. Yes. I don't have an opinion about it yet. But take that, people who say we do have opinions about it, because we don't. But I get why maybe he wouldn't like it. I can see why that. Just knowing what I know. Yeah. But again, another but, two butts. Voyager over Deep Space Nine. Now that's one. That's a head scratcher. I don't know. I don't understand how you could come to that conclusion. Has he watched both of them? He claims that Deep Space Nine is just a weird space hotel that has guests coming in and out every week. And oh, I find he has that description watched. weirdly accurate, but that's what makes the show fun for me. Along nah, with the more serious themes they tackle, of course. He's not watched past like season two. That's the problem. He's not seen it. <coughs> Jeff Fuck. has consumption. I'm literally dying on the show. You all get to hear it. That'll be fun. We'll get more money if you're dead. <laughs> the show's... You're right. The Space Hotel shit really does end in about season two. They kind of ditch it, like, at the very end of season two. They're just like, we're done with this now. Now we got a ship and we can go places, right? Like, Yeah. We can trek. I feel... I, I want you to... I don't want you to get excommunicated from your girlfriend's life and have to break up with her and have it be like a tragedy. But I but, mean, maybe you should. But, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe you should ask him how much of Deep Space Nine he's watched and uh, really ask him. Be like, how many, what's your favorite season four episode, girlfriend's dad? Here's, here's where you might want to re-examine your stance on this, Josh. 
Yeah, girlfriends. While matter. my girlfriend likes Deep Space Nine, she agrees that Voyager is more enjoyable overall. Well, then you got to break up with her. I think that's the end of that relationship. Yeah, then, I mean, that's, that's it, man. Sorry, there's plenty of fish in the sea, and you'll find another one. No, and love, thinking. love fades over time. <laughs> <laughs> love finds a way or fades over time. Whichever one. Whichever one. Now, this got me thinking. When you two get dude pregnant and have a child with each other, let's call him <laughs> Trek Boy Jr. Yeah. How would you raise the little guy, especially when it comes to media slash education? With two swell dads, I'm sure this kid will be quoting Picard, watching RoboCop, and making the funnies in no time. Oh, man. I think we would ruin a child's life with how much we would be like, yeah, you can watch that. You're fine. Yeah, I don't think there would be any limits to that shit. Like, yeah, like, I watched, like, Terminator when I was, like, six. Yeah. Like, RoboCop is an insanely violent film, and I did right. see it when I was a little kid. Right. So. That was on all the time when, when I was little, so... I don't know. I, I don't think I would be the guy who, like, makes his kid play old systems. Like, makes No. Them. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do... I wouldn't do that. Like, I would, I would definitely be, like... I, I play old games all the time. Like, if the kid wanted to play, they could. But I wouldn't be, like... You, you you're not allowed play to play Nintendo. Call of Duty. Right. First, you have to play Super Mario 2. Like, why, like, why would I do that? I don't care. Like, kids are going to be into their own stuff, is yeah. the thing. It's up to you, as a parent, to get into their stuff. Or else you're not a good... You're not going to be a good parent, so you probably shouldn't have a kid. Yeah, you should find, like, the things that they like interesting, if you can... Like I was watching an interview with Terry Crews the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that guy. Yeah. Terry Crews said that he found out his son watched people play video games. Right. And he was like, that's weird as hell, but like, that's what he's into, and he's into playing video games and watching people play video games. Like, I need to get into this too so that I can like share it with him, and it could be right. something we can bond over. So he like learned how to make a PC like a game yeah, PC. I saw I saw that he made a PC, which is like fucking rad. Like yeah. that shit's, dude. He, man, you could fall into that rabbit hole fucking quick. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt. That's like like in music, right? Where you're like, well, now I need this guitar. Now I need this. Gu-. It's mm-hmm. the same shit. It's so expensive, but it's fun as fuck. And it's like he and his son built this together, and it's like if that's a good dad, like a bad dad yeah. would be like, oh, he's into something I think is stupid. Well, yeah, fuck him. Fuck it, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would be a good uh, dude pregnant dad. I don't know if that would work out because, like, I don't really want to put the time and effort into getting into dumb shit for my kids. So. <laughs> yeah. I I just don't want them to be like me because I'm horrible. I love <laughs> you, Josh. How dare you? I if little would Trek be... Boy Junior turned out just like you, it'd be great. Oh man, I'm sorry, Trek Boy Junior. <laughs> you should you should be more like your dad, mom, Jeff, or mom, dad, Jeff, mom, whatever, dad, whichever dad, one's mom, oh, whichever man. one's which. When it comes to education, I fucking ship the kid off to regular school. I'm not going private school. You nuts? Yeah, fuck that. You're gonna you're gonna go to prison just like me and your dad. <laughs> go to prison school. <laughs> fucking incarcerate yourself for eighteen years in this fucking jail. I guess it's um, not that long. It's like thirteen years. Uh, <laughs> the email is finished out saying Trekfully yours, Geoff, 
chief lead pipe inspector on the USS OK Boomer. Is that still <laughs> <Pipe> a thing? <laughs> that maybe. Sorry, I will pronounce your name right, Jeff. Jeff. Uh, Sorry about your girlfriend, Jeff. I hope you find another one. <laughs> There's plenty of fish in the sea, and a lot of them have better opinions about the Xbox <laughs> 9. This email was sponsored by Quarks. Need illegal access to a CBS streaming service? Think Quarks and watch Blue Bloods and Hawaii Five O only on CBS. Oh my god. That made me giggle when I first read it. Oh my god. Uh, we got an email from Colin, Colin Fulmer. Oh, yeah. And it is entitled, Bruh, I'm Drunk. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Trek boys. Trek boys. <coughs> it killed Jeff. He's dead. Been dipping into the captain's supply of Romulan ale and feeling quite nostalgic. Also working on an assignment for game studies. The, is that... Is that an assignment on the ship you're on? Yeah. Game studies? Sure, sure. This week's prompt is on transgressive play, i.e. cheats, cheating, cheat codes, fucking with people. And I'm wondering, what's your first experience in transgressive play? For me, it's my older brother fucking with me in Star Wars Battlefront. He would tell me we were going to play on the same team, then switch teams at the last second and fuck me up. Yeah, he taught you a first lesson of war. Kill everyone, including your brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Civil War lesson. Yeah. Right there. Brother against brother. That's right. <laughs> uh, Game I mean, Genie. Game Genie, yeah. Game Genie was... Because you couldn't really like cheat right before that. Yeah, I mean, there were codes. Like, there was the Konami code. Yeah, the Konami code. Yeah. Uh, Contra. I used that in Contra. That was, you needed that to beat yes. it. You couldn't it's the only do way I've that. ever beaten it to this day. Yeah, Is you using can. the Konami code. But Game Genie, like, also sucked. Because, like, the code, you'd, you'd get, like, Bobo codes that sucked and, like, didn't matter. Dude, I fucking loved Game Genie. Like, there were, if you just fucked around with it, you could, like, horribly break your game, but it would just fix as soon as you reset. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I would put Mario in, and then I would just, like, put a random code in, and I'd start playing. Yeah. And, like, all of the Koopa Troopas were replaced by uh, mushrooms. Yeah, they would be the different different objects. And, and like, yeah. every time you'd go down a pipe, it would put you in, like, uh, a different level. Yeah. It would just, like, reset you into a different level. <laughs> Man, Game Genie was fun. I remember the book. That thing oh, was, yeah. like, the Bible. You had to, like, hide that. Dude, I had a big rip out of the cover of mine, and I was like, oh, man, my book. My, I can't ruin my, my book. Bible. My fucking codes book. Dude, I, I sent away for an updated codes book. Oh, that's smart. And there was a code for um, fucking, there was a code for Contra, an updated code that uh, let you play as both characters at once on one controller. Oh, fuck. That's super cool. And, like, whatever input you did, they both did. They both so you did could it, just yeah. set them on two different levels and go through the whole level and kill everything. <laughs> Rocking things, yeah. <coughs> there was one for Ninja Gaiden as well that made you invincible. Oh, that that's... Yeah. Ma- made the game uh, doable. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that game would piss me off. Oh, man. I love that game, though. I do, too. Like, the 3D Ninja Guidance they did are even they're that level of difficult as it's well. still that hard. I don't think I've beaten any of those. I don't remember, like, 
fucking with people. Well, I'm an only child, so I didn't, like, have brothers and shit. But, like, I don't remember, like, doing that stuff. Like, kicking people. When I was, like, older, like, in, in uh, like, high school and shit, I, we'd have, like, sleepovers. We'd play, like, Mega Man. And I remember my one friend, like, got so mad at me. I wasn't fucking with him. But I was he was just mad at the level, I think. And I said, like, oh, no, no, try jumping over here. And he got so mad. <laughs> he, like, threw the controller. And I, I, I feel I feel really bad about it. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess, like, I should have just let him do it. You know? But, like, yeah. I was Some people can't gaming. take that advice. Like, I've been streaming Mega Man on Saturdays yeah. for a while. And there are people who will backseat game the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. They're doing it because they want to help. Yeah, on a stream, it it's. I feel like it's more annoying on a stream, but and like I'm inviting it as well. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what's this guy's weakness, everybody? Right, and then they tell yeah, and they tell me, but then like they're like, well, you also like missed this thing because like in Mega Man Four, I missed an item that would have made the last level like super easy. Yeah, and everybody was like, they made a joke out of it at a certain point. Like, man, you should have got those balloons. <laughs> I was like, I don't need any fucking balloons. I don't need any. And then you threw the controller. I threw the controller through the computer at them. Colin finishes out the email by saying, "All right, gotta go drink more and study Minds of Fandelver for class." Sincerely yours, Lieutenant Junior Grade Colin Fulmer of the USS Really Long and Dumb Fucking Name. Love you. Damn, that is a really long and dumb fucking name. He fucking called everybody out on that one too. So. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I'm like trying to hold it so it only happens between. Do you have emails. like a dime tap or something? I don't have shit, dude. Oh fuck, dude! What the fuck? You always need a bottle of Nyquil just in case. I think we have Nyquil. I might down that shit and go to sleep after this. Yeah. Oh my god! I have to do an impression for this next one. You're dead. You're a dead man. Uh, it's uh from. David S. And I'm supposed to do a Larry the Cable Guy impression. Oh. Uh, mm, what's that sound? I don't remember that. It's me, Larry the Cable Guy. I'm well, a dummy. looky here. Looks like uh, we got us a couple of Trek boys now, don't we? Mater. Boys, I hate to break it to y'all, but the USS... <laughs> is no more. Damn. What happened to it? As it so happened, we got stuck in a plasma ditch, and the captain didn't get the model with the all-in-the-cell drive. Mm. <laughs> we had to hail a freighter and try to tow us out, but they hitched it up wrong and pulled the saucer section clean off. Any protocol for evacuation was about as useful as a pair of sideburns on a transporter clone, what with all the escape pods being converted into a state-of-the-art meat-smoking array. <laughs> Lucky for old DS, piloting an escape smoker is a bit like driving some sort of 3D dune buggy. <laughs> 3D Anyhow, dune buggy. Yeah. I got I got picked up by the by the old USS Pound of Pork Ribs and dropped off at Deep Dish Nine. <laughs> Deep Dish Nine, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> to await reassignment, it's a dandy <laughs> little station with a memorable cast of creatures like the gruff Goo Man Risotto. <laughs> Or Pork, the Ferengi bartender who may or may not dabble in illegal sausage smuggling. Damn, that's the biggest crime there is. Grub's so good here, I've been happier than a Tellarite in the mud. Kind of racist, but alright. Yeah, pretty rough. <laughs> Speaking of unethical foods, y'all ever eaten anything that made y'all feel all guilty-like? 
I had turtle soup over. Hey, fuck you! Turtle soup. Get the fuck out. That's of what here. Shredder eats. Shredder wants that with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're helping. Man, you're a Shredder, dude. You're a fucking foot. <laughs> fucking foot ass bitch. Over at Porks, and would have shed a cowboy tear if it weren't replicated. That's fine. Oh, it's replicated. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> What sort of things might you feel more inclined to try if it was replicated? Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I was vegetarian and I ate, and I didn't eat, like, pigs because I think they're smart. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't eat, I don't think I eat things that, like, aren't, like, ethical like i mean uh, that's uh, uh, let me let me rephrase i don't think i yeah, eat things draw that back a little bit that, <laughs> i don't now that i eat meat again like all the animals that i eat are like made to be food which i know d- d- doesn't necessarily make no, it ethical I mean, but there's no uh, there's really no 100 ethical meat right. consumption but like right. i still do it like i'm flawed I got character flaws. I'm not eating dolphins or anything like that. Like, I don't think I would want to eat a dolphin, even if it was replicated. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I eat enough things that are that are real food. Like, I wouldn't need to go out to, like, find a thing to eat. That's true. Humans? I don't... I, don't, I was about to make that joke at the end of the... When we got to the end of the letter, I was going to be like, by the way, it's human. <laughs> Just pigs, right? We're the same as pigs. It's true. The other white meat. Yeah. It's called the long pig or something, isn't it? What is it? What's that? Humans? Yeah, humans. It's a, it's another word for humans. Oh, I never I never heard that. Oh well, they say it in Sabrina. Oh, when they eat the like the the festival that they eat the person. <coughs> yeah, I forget Fuck. the name of it. I asked my Uncle Chugs once, and that Trek bigot said if he didn't know how to fuck something, he sure as hell would figure out how to eat it. Wow. <laughs> I thought he was kidding until he invited me to a fried catfish dinner, and I saw him trying to coax a Benzite into a giant tub of boiling oil with a sign next to it that said, Hot tub, please apply exfoliating breadcrumbs before entering. <laughs> Are they fish? I swear, if that man's brains were photon torpedoes, he couldn't even blow his nose. <sighs> damn, damn, take that, dude. racist uncle. Anyhow, thanks for keeping old DS company once again. I'll get y'all in contact with pork if I can, but risotto keeps turning into doggy bags of leftovers and hiding around the station. <laughs> Signed, David S., just an old cowboy with his phaser and a song. <laughs> That was an email. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Exfoliating breadcrumbs. I'm leaving all this. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm, that's why I keep apologizing to the I'm audience. Sorry. Like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, if you hear me talking, my throat feels like I can there's hear daggers it. in it. I can hear it. So now I gotta read Rich Master's email? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. It's Picard episode 6. Time to start amping up. Ooh. Cheerio, Trekmates. Glad you're enjoying this series. I'm having a sort of great time writing it, even if I'm constantly leaving it to the last minute. Mm -hmm. This one's long again. Shock and horror. So let's dive straight in. Oh, boy. Previously on Star Trek Picard. 
Picard has assembled a crew to protect Dodge, Seven of Nine, Hugh, and the Binar Beta from the Collective, along with former First Officer Rafi Musiker, his dog number one, and the villainous Lore. After losing her paired brother, the Binar Beta has only days to live, but spends it attempting to help her crew liberate more Borg. But when the crew are trapped on a Borg cube, Lore is the only one who can help crack Admiral Graham's files and save them. But Damn. Lore has an ulterior motive, and a new ally. Winning Beta to his calls by using her desire to be relinked as a drug, he finds out why Dodge is so important to Graham before deleting the information and establishing a connection with his son, Commander Progeny. We don't know what that is yet, right? Why she's important. No, we don't know that yet. Okay. Meanwhile, the Honorable Captain Tavir has escaped the custody of Admiral Graham and her Borg-slash-Data hybrid Commander Progeny and head toward the U heads toward the USS Titan and its captain, William Leany Chair Riker. <laughs> Leany Chair? And now, the continuation. Damn. Lore enters the science lab to find Binar Beta looking over scans of the Borg cubes the crew found and destroyed. He asks her if she's found anything. When Beta seems reluctant to tell him, Lore tells the Binar that she doesn't need to worry about Picard. That he is her admiral now. Whoa. Q Captain Phillips joke from Josh. I'm the admiral now. Did I do it? Did I hit it? <laughs> he did it right. He hit his Q. That was close. Beta tells Lore that Graham's remaining files are all open now apart from the Dodge-centric ones that Lore has deleted, and that there is confusing, partial information in them. There's files regarding Locutus, Seven of Nine, Hugh, and the Cooperative. There's even snippets of Borg code, seemingly to restart the derelict Borg cubes that were abandoned in the sector when the transwarp conduit went down. Admiral Graham was busy, Lore says. It must have taken her years to get this much information about the Borg. Beta asks what was on the files concerning Dodge, and Lore glares at her. Patience, he scolds. It'll all become clear. I just need some time to process. Hmm. He tells her to keep the information hidden from the rest of the crew until he knows what their plans should be, and orders Beta to leave. When he's alone, he closes his eyes. What? On the USS Salea, Progeny opens his eyes and smiles. <gasps> yes! After greeting some fellow Starfleet officers in engineering, he hacks into one of the security terminals and starts downloading Admiral Graham's personal logs. Back on the Stargazer, Lore's eyes flick back and forth behind his eyelids, as if reading. Oh, like the data thing. Title. Author, authors of our narratives. Ooh. Just like Rich. He's the author of my narrative. Yeah, my love narrative. Picard dreams of a Borg viniculum. The processor that connects every Borg drone aboard a cube. <laughs> He's in his TNG era uniform and walks slowly towards the structure as it whispers to him. Locutus. Locutus. Yeah. As he reaches for it, he pulls back, only for a Borg hand to rest on top of his and push it towards the viniculum. Yeah. He wakes in a sweat. In her own quarters, Dodge also wakes, clutching her chest. My heart, my Borg heart, or maybe not, I don't know, we'll my, see. Maybe my regular heart? <laughs> we don't know. Picard goes to sickbay. The Admiral asks Seven how Beta is doing. She reveals Beta's making a, a miraculous recovery, but Picard, on the other hand, is deteriorating. 
The cluster of Borg nanites in Picard's brain are inactive, but Seven admits her scans show that they're impacting on his cortical functions. Hmm. Picard asks why Bevtastic Crusher didn't <laughs> detect the nanites. <laughs> Great and, question, Picard. And misdiagnosed the parietal lobe defect. I feel like this show is answering my questions as I ask them. <laughs> Seven explains that the nanite mass was either smaller or providing a false sensor reading. Mm, that's but smart. You, but you said it was inactive, Picard says, confused. It is, for now, Seven admits. But the nanite energy output shows recent activity, and they could awaken when probed, so I'm reluctant to do any deeper scans. Yeah. Might wake them up. <laughs> Picard stands, and violent violently injects tubules into Seven's neck. What the fuck? But it's a hallucination, and he shakes it off with a shudder. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. Picard says that they can't afford for him to become some ticking time bomb, and that Seven should find a way to neutralize them at any cost, even if it means his death. Mm -hmm. Before Picard leaves, Seven wants to talk about Dodge. She says it's obvious that the girl is having an effect on the rest of the crew, that she's somehow causing a new network to grow between the former Borg. It's why they can feel each other, partake in each other's dreams. Isn't it obvious who she is? Picard tells Seven to continue with their arrangements. Damn, I don't know. Who is she? Outside the sick bay, Dodge waits in the hall, hearing everything. Oh, no, you fucking... fucking... I I have a, a theory... She's the queen! Yeah, she's the Borg queen. That's my theory. Yeah. Suddenly, we're at Wolf 359. On the USS Endeavor, a Nebula-class exploration vessel called in to help the defense fleet against the Borg Cube invasion of Sector 001. What? The ship is vastly outgunned and outclassed, but there's a shortage of ships on active duty in the sector. Two lieutenant commanders, the Endeavor's chief engineer and tactical officer talking the turbo lift on their way to the bridge following red alert. The engineer says there's no way the Enterprise could have been destroyed. She graduated with Geordie LaForge at the Academy. That crew's the best in the fleet. Yeah. Second best, says the tactical officer, prompting a smile from her compatriot. (laughs) Healthy competition. The tactical officer heard that Captain Picard has been killed, that Admiral Hansen has desperately called the Klingons and the Romulans for help, but that they'll arrive too late. There's an uncomfortable silence between the two officers. Arriving on the bridge, Captain Asimov. Nah, it's not Asimov. Isaac that Asimov? Been, that would have been really cool. Yeah. It's Captain Amazov. Okay, he's Russian. Captain Amazov orders Lieutenant Commander Nimbal, the Andorian engineer, and Lieutenant Commander Laura Graham to their stations. Graham got promoted real fast. Well, oh, I guess yeah. not. It's been like 20 years. Lauren Graham, like the actor? Like the actress? Laura Graham. Oh, oh, oh. Not the lady from uh, Gilmore Girls. No. Was that the the daughter or the mom? The mom. It's, it's weird that the mom went on to be in a lot of shit and the daughter hasn't. Yeah, it is kind of weird. <laughs> Graham detects something on the long-range scanners, and Amazov orders her to place it on the view screen. The Borg cube zooms ominously towards them, and Admiral Hansen gives the order over comms to engage. I really wish he was Captain Asimov. Just say it. <laughs> I'm just going to edit your fucking writing. I get it. Captain Amazov. Lore? Hugh demands? Lore opens his eyes as he stands on the bridge of the Stargazer. Disturbing your daydreams, Hugh asks suspiciously. 
Were you sitting atop a throne of humanoid skulls? <laughs> wow. With a sneer, Lore tells him that it was more of an easy chair. <laughs> nice. I like it. Lore confirms the sweep of the sector's complete, that there are no Federation ships following them. But when the long-range sensors beep, he tells Hugh he's found something. It could be the subspace signal of the third and last Borg ships from Graham's files. Hugh calls Picard to the bridge. In the ready room, Lore tells Picard that the signal seems to be Borg energy signature on a planet deep in ex-Romulan space. Oh, shit. Almost at the edge of the Delta Quadrant. Whoops. It's Borg. Rafi surmises... If it's the cube, they might have been trying to make their way home before crashing. Hugh interrupts angrily, saying that the why doesn't matter, that they uh, that there could be people down there, ex-Borg, that they owe a debt to. Mm-hmm. He points out that all of them are here because of their connections with the Borg. How would they like it if they had been abandoned after disconnection? True. Ahem, Rafi coughs. I'm not an ex-Borg. Number one barks at Hugh. He wasn't either. Ah, <laughs> uh, some dog. Yeah, it's good. Okay, pooch. You make a good point. Hugh says, <laughs> calming down and stroking number one behind the ear. <laughs> Picard decides they need to check the signal and dismisses everyone, asking Hugh to wait. Picard has noticed he's angrier lately, even for him. Picard admits that when they started this, he felt they could save people, but now with having destroyed the last two cubes, he's not sure. I've realized that euthanizing the Borg we can't free is helping, Hugh says. Whoops. (laughs) Picard is sad, but understands. Ever the soldier, he says. Oh, man. What are you going to do when this is over, Hugh says, that if Picard thinks it'll ever... Hugh says that if Picard thinks it'll ever be over, he wasn't a Borg long enough. (laughs) That's deep, man. Wolf 359. In battle, the Endeavor is not acquitting herself well, with weapons down and shields not far behind. Graham has taken the con after an ensign gets exploded by the console. Of course. She barely manages to move the ship out of the way of a Borg phaser hit as it dodges the wreckage of the USS Saratoga. As the shields are lowered, following another hit, Borg beam onto the bridge. Lieutenant Commander Graham stands and rushes the nearest Borg. Fuck, dude. Lauren Graham's gonna get assimilated. (laughs) On the USS Saleya, Admiral Graham has taken command after Tavir's departure, much to the confusion of the rest of the crew. Admiral Graham's been the villain the whole time, remember? Yeah. Uh, The ship on on their way conveniently in the same direction as the Stargazer... The ship gets on its way conveniently in the same direction as the Stargazer as if someone were leading them. It's Thor. Hmm. (laughs) Graham goes... I wish you were in the corner of this episode. You just popped up and went, It's Lore. It's Lore. (laughs) Graham goes to visit Commander Progeny in the cargo bay, where he is being where he is preparing the biogenic torpedoes with the equipment brought aboard last episode. Oh boy. He greets her at the door, telling her she cannot enter as the assembly is at a critical stage, confirming that preparations are going as planned. Graham looks at Progeny with complete loathing and asks if it bothers him that she despises him so much. I have no feelings to hurt, Admiral, Progeny admits. Graham leaves, and Progeny goes back to his work, not on the torpedoes, but assembling the identical Borg hybrids from his crates in the cargo bay. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
Dodge goes to Picard's quarters, where the Admiral is studying the sensor readings downloaded by Lore. She tells him that when they arrive at the planet, she needs to come with them. Picard's not keen. He wants to keep her safe, but Dodge is adamant. Picard says he'll think about it. <laughs> Lore is waiting at the end of the corridor when Dodge comes from Picard's quarters. He asks if the girl he asks the girl if he was right or if Picard is giving her the help she needs. As Dodge gives him the cold shoulder and storms away, he calls after her. You'll always have a friend in your old pal Lore. <laughs> Lore closes his eyes again, connecting with progeny. Oh shit. Wolf three five nine. Yes. When Graham wakes on the bridge, some of her crew are still fighting, but others have been partially assimilated. Captain Amazov lies in- unconscious on the floor, badly wounded. Her Andorian friend, Nimbal, fights the Borg boarding party along with two other bridge officers. Graham picks up a phaser, but instead of helping her friends, turns the phaser on a Borg by the turbo lift. Limping and terrified, she drags the inert body of her captain into it and escapes the echoes of Nimbal's pleas for help following them. What? This fucking bitch! Lieutenant Commander Graham orders the computer to vent the bridge What to space. the shit? First of all, what? Overriding <laughs> the computer's warning that there are still life signs present. Jesus Christ. That's how she got promoted. Jesus fuck. Look, she Ruthless. arranges for bridge functions to be rerouted to engineering and set course away from the battle at maximum impulse. The Endeavor is the only surviving ship in the fleet. Graham is hailed as a hero. Hmm. On the Salea, modern day, Admiral Graham has lost patience. She storms into the cargo bay only to find that Progeny has built all of his Borg-slash-data hybrids. There are ten of them. What is the meaning of this, she demands. I didn't ask you to pull these units out of storage. Progeny grabs the Admiral and injects tubules into her neck. Uh, play with fire, dum-dum. My father showed me another option, Admiral. Damn. And my mother. <gasps> he drops the Admiral and orders his brothers into the rest of the ship. Brothers! With a look back, Progeny asks if it bothers her that he despises her so much. Wow. Lore sits in his quarters, smiling to himself at the work of his son, when Dodge enters. She asks him to help her find out who she is. Of course, says Lore. I live to serve. (laughs) Tavir's captain's yacht drops out of warp, the continuing push running the nacelles to a breaking point. As life supports run out, she passes out, only for a ship to drop out of warp next to her. She wakes in sickbay on the USS Titan. Yes! Where Dr. Sayla, yeah! Oh, shit, yeah! Brings her around. (laughs) Captain Riker stands at the foot of her bed, asking her what the hell she's doing breaking cover. She reveals that Admiral Graham has been developing Borg-Sung hybrids. Riker isn't impressed, telling her that they already suspected the Admiral was up to no good. Damn, dude. But that's not why I came, admits the Vulcan. Admiral Picard has been compromised. What? His eromotic syndrome? asks Riker. Potentially, says Tavir, but he is also visiting derelict Borg cubes. Hmm. Well, of course our action seems clear, says a familiar voice, putting a gold-tinged hand on Tavir's. It's time to find our old captain. Tavir looks up to see a fully assembled Captain Data. What? This is better than any Picard episode that could ever be made. 
To be continued. <laughs> oh fuck, man! This is too. This is so good. Holy shit, that was fucking good. That dude. was amazing. I love the Wolf Three Five Nine like flashback. Oh god. Yeah, that was fucking amazing. God, it's so good. Fuck. Um, he finishes out the email by saying four episodes to go. Shit, man. This is so much harder than writing TNG season eight. So yeah. I hope everyone is enjoying them. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, I'm not going to be able to watch Picard, so thanks. Thanks, Rich. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Picard would ever live up to this. This is like... Yeah. I don't know if Rich is going to take this as a compliment or not, but this is modern Trek done well, where it's still very action-packed, and it's yeah. got like the heavy mystery plot, but the mystery makes sense, Right. the action serves the story, and the characterization doesn't get hurt because of right. it. Right. And they're... Yeah. Yeah. They're not all like... Uh, like I, I like, Again, I, I, we haven't seen Picard, but like... No. But Riker's like, at home. I'm just a homebody now. You know what I mean? Like, why would... Yeah. Why would he be that? Right, you know? Like, he'd still be the captain. Of course he fucking would be. He, like, I guess they took it because, like, he stopped chasing the captaincy in TNG. They took it to mean he stopped trying to, like, move ahead in <sighs> rank and shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that's true either. I think he 100% meant that he wanted to take the Enterprise from right. Picard when he left. Right. <laughs> um... He finishes out the email by saying, maybe after this is done, I'll just submit Trek haikus to you boys. <laughs> Butt kisses your old pal Rich at Utopia Planitia Shipyards trying to sneak designs for a dong-shaped fleet past Geordi LaForge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got my approval. The wiener scientist. The universe's number three billionth wiener scientist. Hey. In the universe that's infinite, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good, That's actually. like anywhere from the 3 billionth percentile to the 99th percentile. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Rich, you enrich our lives oh, and our podcasts. Oh my god. You make every day worth living. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's good. Good job. <laughs> I appreciate the, like, that you drew back. Like, you have a lot of, um, like, cameos, a lot of, like, reappearances from characters that we know, which is fun. Yeah. And, uh, it's, but you held back during Wolf 359. You could yeah. have had, like, this, like, a heavy, heavy reference to, like, Cisco and his situation. Right, right, but that's just like happening. Heavy, heavy reference yeah. to, like, Worf and his situation, right. but you didn't. That's just happening elsewhere, right? Yeah, this yeah. is... Yeah. I think the other ship he mentioned may have been the one that... The Saratoga, yeah. Yeah, that may have been the one that... Admiral What's-His-Name is on. Yeah. But, like, you held back in a way that shows that you these cameos are serving the story in a way that isn't just like, remember this guy? Yeah, no, they're, they're really well done and they like, I think are, are true to Star Trek. Although for sure you put Sela in. Yeah. I'm guessing it's Dr. Salar actually. Uh, my own. Sela is the Romulan. Sela is the Romulan. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, I knew, I knew who yeah. he meant though. We uh, both, Dr. I Solar. think, 
Yeah, we both knew Dr. Solar. Yeah. You for sure put Dr. Solar in so my wiener would get up. My only note is that she wasn't naked during that scene, and why? Also, why was, wasn't was everyone naked? Yeah. Captain Riker should be flopping dong. Yeah, he's ma- ship, yeah it's right? Betazoid Christmas or something, so everyone's naked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now we're like the producers we hate. Why aren't they nude? Why isn't one of them getting undressed for no reason? We gotta see her butt and her panties. We gotta put tickets in seats, Rich. Rich, we're never gonna make a billion dollars on (laughs) feelings, emotions, and good writing. And human interaction. Make them naked and explode. Yeah. I am impressed with your writing always, Rich, and I look forward to more of it in the future. Agreed. I love it. You're too fucking good for this world. (laughs) Uh, Just so you guys know how much we love you, we did get an email from Patreon. Oh, sweet. Uh, I don't think I told you about this. Uh, The email was from a uh, someone who works at Patreon, and it's an email sent out to all people who make like a certain amount of money. Oh, cool. And it's basically telling us that we should get rid of our $1 tier and have our lowest tier be $5. Okay. But we love you guys so much that we're going to let you have the $1 tier Yeah. (laughs) Thank us for doing nothing. And if you want, donate four more dollars. (laughs) If you want. It's true. Like, really... Patreon to begin with is just supposed to be like a tip jar where we could do other projects as well mm-hmm. related to the podcast. So that's why the one dollar matters because like not everybody has like money they can give away, right. but everybody can give away a dollar. Right. And if you want to be one of those people who gives away your dollar and also support us in this show and everything we do. Maybe I can actually buy some cold medicine. Yeah. So my throat doesn't hurt so bad. This dude needs some fucking triaminic orange flavor. It's the best medicine ever made. Shit, let me jot that down. Triaminic. Drink the whole bottle. Sleep for like three days, dude. I might. Do they still make it? Let me look. I have commissions I need to finish, actually. Mm, that doesn't sound like as much fun as getting high on cough medicine. No, it sure doesn't. But if you want to support us, if you want to help us stay on the air, you want to help us continue to live in houses and eat food. Yeah, I like and those. And not be homeless and starve. <laughs> you can head to patreon.com slash podcast and for as little as a dollar, gain access to behind-the-scenes info, Discord wallpaper, and tons of other shit eventually. Yeah. And for $5 and higher, like this email wants us to force you to do, <laughs> you can get uh, M-Class email a week early and access to a podcast called Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. So, yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everyone who wrote in. Thank you to Josh for being my pal. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for uh, like reading the emails with your throat being sick. It's, I... I'm more than happy to harm myself for this show. I would soothe I it with it. my soothing fluids, but I'm not near you. Mm, I make a good I, tea. I was gonna. I, I was make gonna a good ask, honey tea. All right. I That's, was gonna ask which fluid, but I think we all know. Which yeah, my fluid. tea, my world famous Josh tea. Josh tea is that what they call us? Yeah. <laughs> he means jizz, everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the active ingredient. <laughs> 
Oh God. Um, is it weird that like I find I would find jizz less gross than jizz in something? <laughs> you think regular jizz is as not as gross as like jizz in a thing? Yeah, like jizz in tea. It's worse than regular. Yeah, than, yeah. It's no, just I agree. Worse than regular jizz. Yeah, I would rather just take the shot. It's like it's like uh, uh, doing a chaser. Like just give me the jizz. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, M Class Podcast could not exist without some of our great, great patrons, and I want to shout out uh, two specifically mm-hmm. because recently we had Pon- Ponchki Day. Yeah, which. Um, is a super dope day in Poland where you just get to fucking eat awesome, uh, like donut, like, like pastries. pastries. Yeah. And, uh, Jakub, who is from Poland, mm-hmm. made certain that, uh, everybody who posted a, um, picture of themselves eating any type of pastry, uh, he added one dollar to his total. It's amazing, and he fucking got us up to almost a thousand dollars. Yeah, thank we, you. We were just a little bit off, and then uh, I was fucking happy with that. I thought that was the craziest shit on earth, but uh, that wasn't even the end of it because <laughs> I'm I'm stalling for time because I'm trying to find out the name, the specific name of the person. You're doing great. <laughs> Uh, the person who dro- jumped us up over $1,000 is uh, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Who you might know as Daruma, mm-hmm. who jumped his fucking pledge up. Like, Yakub jumped his pledge up 50 bucks, which is crazy enough. Yeah. Daruma upgraded his fucking pledge to $95. To match. Fucking insane. So th- so that we would fucking jump over a thousand for the month. Yes. Which is the highest we've ever had by far. Yeah, thank you guys. So I wanted to thank both of you for uh, your gigantic pledges this month. I'm aware that you're not going to keep them at yeah, that level. Yeah. Don't worry about that. But uh, a lot of times people who uh, have really like good patrons who like love what they do get shouted out in an episode. So I thought it was a good opportunity. Yeah. You could be that good of a patron as well. If you gave us a hundred (laughs) dollars. So think about that. Yeah. Also go on iTunes and review us. Yes. That helps. Tell your friends Uh, about the show. And if you didn't know, we're actually on Spotify. Yeah, we are. So you can check us out on Spotify. Hell yeah. And I think that's the only places the podcast need needs to be. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Yeah. So check, check us out on there. Give us good reviews. Something I've noticed recently is um, a lot of people like listen to our show and love it, but they don't hit like and they don't... Oh, yeah. Do that. They don't like comment on it or like retweet it or anything. Yeah. Like, do we need to do the thing at the end of the episode where, like, smash that like button? Oh, yeah, you gotta smash it. Smash that retweet, ring yeah. that bell. Ring the bell, bing bong. Um, <laughs> now, that's all voluntary, but, like, if you do love the program, spread it around, tell people. Yeah. Like, uh, I make a little, like, preview and post it that you can show around to people, and maybe they'll like it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't fuck them... Get them out. 
get out of here. We, we're awesome, and so are you guys. We are awesome, so are you guys. And uh, thanks again to for listening. Thanks again for writing in. And we'll be back in two weeks with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye.